0: This is the Land Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Whitetail Properties Real Estate. We're your hosts, Adam Keith. And Matt Dye. This is your weekly resource for habitat management, wildlife management, and recreational real estate. We hope you guys enjoy the show. All righty, guys. Welcome back to another Land Legacy Podcast. We are... Both traveling, so you guys get to hear double the road noise this week. How fortunate, Adam? How are you? I'm good.
1: I'm good. I'm uh, I'm headed to colder temps, and you're headed to warmer temps.
0: I drew the lucky straw this week. Yes, I know it. We're 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 kind of headed opposite directions, but accomplishing um, both a lot of good things and seeing some. familiar territory for both of us uh farms that we both have worked um in the past but then actually no you're on a new site i thought that's right you had a a slight change in your schedule you're not going to go see uh, another one but um i'm going to go see I, I, i was
1: thinking when you said that i was thinking oh man is my memory slipping because i don't remember this guy or this farm
0: yeah, you're usually good with names and certainly good with farms, and that's one thing we don't forget is farms. But, no, you had a slight change in, in your schedule, so um, with with schedules going all crazy, uh, I definitely did get confused there for a second. But, no, you're headed to a new farm um, up in Illinois, and I'm on my way to Alabama and then into Florida um, for for work, and I'm going to have a very fortunate opportunity to Spend two days trying <clears throat> to kill an Osceola turkey as well this week, so I'm jazzed up, ready to see the spring in in a um, maybe a four four week five week advanced from what we're coming from there at the house. But it's green where I'm driving through Mississippi right now, very green. No
1: doubt. I I looked before I left the house, and I had to grab my. Land and Legacy Edition coat. Uh huh. Because I looked at the tips and where I'm going tomorrow's high is 42. Wonderful. And the low is like 22.
0: Yeah. I'm not gonna tell you. What my, I'm like, not gonna tell you what mine is. Ooh, there's turkeys
1: like over, over 80. And
0: and and right? the in Florida there's one day that's 88 and um
1: yeah i, I yeah. honestly i'll tell you i'll take 42 over
0: 88 <laughs> yeah but you get that you get that good breeze down there man it'll all work out i'm just gonna sit up under an oak hammock for a little bit and chill <laughs> yeah uh, i mean well, i'm not ready I for have it.
1: to worry about is rattlesnake
0: yeah i'm gonna be on the lookout <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> but i got snake boots so hopefully all will be okay um, but no, that's that's the cool thing, man. About um, we're obviously very fortunate and blessed to be able to travel and see different places. But I'm just I'm just always reminded, and in our travels though, the, if you will, the principles in which we work under, and and that we we hinted that we're going to do that podcast, and and I feel bad that we haven't done that podcast yet. But the land and legacy principles, um, it's coming, but it is going to give you guys that foundation of why we can even though i i don't live in florida i didn't grow up in florida or you didn't either we could both go and work in florida or why we're going to go and work in montana later this year and anywhere in between well it's because these set of principles and and it's so cool to work within them because you know you're working essentially under god's design as a creator and that's yeah awesome awesome to be able to see i was thinking
1: today actually it's, it's funny you bring that up it's no coincidence i don't think but i was just thinking just shortly after watching church online today um we're still watching online because of, of the newborn and just that with the amount of viruses and stomach bugs going around we just elected to wait till he's about six weeks old to really get out and about and uh it had just finished up, and I was just thinking about ultimately what we do for our jobs and how each person has various jobs in life. But as Christians, no matter what your job is, you can you can do ministry and help spread and build the kingdom yep. um, through whatever job you have. And and I was just thinking about our our process in in land management and how ultimately you can go from. Uh, from the, 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 the long leaf savannas in Florida to the rolling prairie in eastern Montana to the rock outcroppings of central Texas and everywhere in between, and use those principles that we kind of talked about. But ultimately, none of this stuff is our own, like, we're so fortunate, I feel, to say that we can identify... The template that God has put forth for us.
0: Yeah. Through
1: a, the of natural disturbances, God God divined creation and we are fortunate enough or with the wisdom to kind of identify those natural disturbances and those natural cycles to say this is the way we can manage in in, in a way that's modeled after God's template. Yeah. And and I just feel so fortunate to be able to to see that acknowledge that understand it somewhat not that I'll ever understand the intricate details of a landscape and God's design and the purpose of all these plants and the flora and fa- fauna on the landscape but ultimately during my short time on this earth I can look at it and feel like I get a bit of an understanding of why he designed it the way he did yeah and uh I, I, I was just, today I was just thinking about that, like, you know, I, I, we really try to avoid the idea that this is our technique or, you know, this is, this is the way I do it or you do it, and this is just how we're going to set this up, when ultimately a big part of it is just like, you want to know why we recommend edge feathering? Because in natural, in natural landscapes, there's a soft edge generally speaking most of the time that's true and uh, you want to know why we recommend young forest openings or bedding tickets because yeah from the hunting standpoint it's great but ultimately we know that diversity is king diversity is needed and so we're just we just look to add diversity every way we can and understand that there's certain species that need young forest or a savanna or a woodland or in some cases, there are species that really need closed canopy forests, us. Yep. And so we're ultimately just trying to use the template that, that God put forth for us, and, and we try to replicate it.
0: Well, and that's a cool thing is not only <clears throat> do we have, let's say, the, the lens, the optical lens to be able to see it and understand it, but what I'm really thrilled about is being able to go out and Share that. <clears throat> Whether you're listening to the podcast, I hope that you guys can hear it and see it, that that is the reason behind what we're doing, why we do it, the way that it was designed. Well, let's just mimic that. Let's copy that because that's the best thing possible. Um, so we, we only work within these parameters, essentially, for most things that we encounter. But, but then we get to share it with, again, the audience who listens those who view videos, (coughs) but also landowners on their own personal properties. And they get to be a a living example and and partake in that, (coughs) if you will, uh, illustration of God's creation in their own little slice of acreage that they own. (coughs) Excuse me. And being able to share with someone (coughs) what they own and the responsibility that they have or the opportunity Is incredible. Take it over. I gotta get a sip of water. My throat is killing me.
1: Yeah, and and that's where you know this this week's topic is really coming from from a of a a video piece that we shot yesterday with Whitetail Properties and and really just trying to pull back a little bit from our weekly podcast about different Uh. habitat kayaks or management techniques or projects that we and say, you know what? I want you guys to understand that there is something bigger here yeah. in in regards to the way we manage a farm and and I, and I think that we've said it a lot, but that I think that's something that's missing for many people. Not not because it's <coughs> you know. It, it, Shame on those people, but life is very hectic oh,
0: yeah.
1: and 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 very busy, and it's easy to get lost in the in the hustle and bustle, and so we're looking at this. You know, this topic is is really going. There is a there is a really amazing feeling uh, about getting to go out on your farm and interact with creation the way God, and even interact with God in the creation and on the landscape in a way that if you're focused so much on I'm going to do that so I can shoot this or I'm going to do this because I want to see this. And 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 take that but then shift completely away from it say i'm going to actually make this um even more uh of a, of a big picture mindset and think more about long term and instead of doing the instead of doing the short-term projects that i have been doing i'm going to now shift into long term and i know long term Management seems like something that is that is boring, and it's like rust on steel. It's like this is just gonna get I'm gonna get burned out because I'm not gonna see results. When ultimately you get to see some of the quicker results when you start thinking long-term management.
0: Yeah, I think that oftentimes, <clears throat> and I'm guilty of this. Adam, I know you've been guilty of this as well. But as a hunter not even take take land ownership out of the equation. But as a hunter, our mindset is revolved around seasons, when they open and when they close. And, and how many times have we all said the phrase, I'm so ready for next season? Well, me too, and as a hunter, you, you it's okay to be excited. But once we have the land ownership lens and that perspective on top of that, and when you're trying to make a property better, you should probably start adapting to the thought or the perspective of what about three seasons from now? What about five seasons? What about fifteen seasons from now? What does that look like? Because, you know, if you are this is how it's applicable to every hunter or most hunters, <coughs> five years down the road, well, there's there's a mature deer that you could shoot. Right? He's born this season but he's got to take five years on the landscape to get to the caliber, if you will, in which you want to be able to harvest him, or more. And so when we think about season to season, just the opportunity to chase game, we're kind of missing out, or or the opportunity from, from a turkey standpoint. You know, we've seen a huge decline in, in uh, bobwhite quail across the entire country. There's a lot of people who aren't able to... S- to go from season to season anymore because there's not a season there or they they can't chase birds because they don't live there anymore. Well, we don't want the yeah. same thing from turkeys, but we have to start adapting our mindset and our perspective away from, oh, next turkey season it's going to be this, or next turkey season I can't wait to chase them. Well, I can't either, but I, 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 I promise you in all the time in between that, I'm going to be working to make sure that in five years I can still have that excitement of waiting for next season because I know that the work that I'm doing, it's thinking generationally, right? Like, and and what we're talking about generationally is in 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 relation to a turkey, right? It takes three years from hatch to long beard to for yeah. great long beard, but but even more so than that. What about generationally on? Your, within your family or if you don't have a property to pass or excuse me if you don't have family to pass along a property to what about the next owner that you you know you're going to sell it to we've got to be thinking beyond just that next season and what it looks like there's there's just more that honestly property and land ownership offers someone than the ability to hunt during the season <clears throat>
1: I have been so guilty of this, like you said, where ultimately I look at, oh, I'm, I'm excited for next fall. Well, it, you know, you go from deer season, I'm excited for deer season. Deer season ended, I'm excited for shed season. Uh, shed season started, and I'm excited for deer season again. Or, or I can't wait to see it five years from now. And, and, and I'm really – this is something I'm really trying to work on myself personally is to say I want to be happy in the season I'm at. Yep. And because now – and this is kind of a two-dimensional thought process because some people may be wondering where I'm going with this because we're talking management in the future but also trying to rein it back and say don't be excited for the future too much. 'Cause you're gonna miss what's going on right now. All right. And I and and ultimately so that's balance. where a lot of management gets lost is there's no strategy, there's no plan in place, and it's like, Oh, 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 I gotta get minerals out, go and dump the minerals out, I gotta be thinking about antlers, and all of a sudden you look back and you're like, I missed out on PSI in this winter. I missed out on prescribed burning season. But and and, and that's where to me, you got to have not only a mental plan, but a physical plan to think about your land management. And, and, I'll, and so I'll rain it back into five years out. I just, I had that conversation with Chad the other day about can you imagine the place in five years?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going
1: to be beautiful. But guess what? I'll have an eight year old. Yep. And a <clears throat> six year old. I'm happy in the farm being just the way it's at. I don't want to think about five years from now.
0: Yeah, right. Aspects of your life you can't you can't wish away time in one aspect and and um, not enjoy it in other aspects.
1: And that's my point is with this long term legacy of your land. Think about yourself like rust on steel. Eventually, we it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful property and it's something that's long lasting but don't I, I feel like so many people are managing their farms in a in a frantic state and doing the not only is it frantic and not thought out but it's in totally different projects and planning that 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 in compared to what they should be doing
0: and i, I guess i feel like <clears throat> the one thing that we see continually is those who take right and proper steps to create quality habitat. Quality habitat, if maintained, is is incredible from its productive standpoint. So, those who are wishing to have really robust habitat and, and properties like that should be a main goal. And your and and your the route that you take there, you don't take the shortcuts. You take the stuff that is long lasting because. The land is going to speak for itself, and it's going to be a direct reflection of the way that you work the land, the what you do to the land, and how you manage it. And those to come after you, well, they're going to know exactly the way that you treated it, and it's going to tell a story upon you as the landholder. But regardless, quality habitat will support most everybody's land ownership goals in a recreational standpoint. If you want quail, well create a quality habitat and the what they need, and you and and maintain it, and and you're going to have them, or or wild turkeys or deer. Like when you do the right steps, it's going to be long lasting, and when you have the right goals, it's going to be long lasting. Opposed to the quick fix, flip this and that, miss the boat, season to season kind of mindset. And again, guilty as ever, been there. Done that, am still there working through it, but I just think that perspective wise, the best way is to think maybe in generations and not in seasons and generations from game species, but also generations in land ownership. Like who's taking hold of this next? And you may not have that answer. You don't know. Maybe you sell it next week, maybe you sell it in five years, or maybe you pass it to your children. It doesn't matter who it is. It's gonna still tell a story about you as a landowner.
1: Yeah. I, I I'll go back to what I said just a second ago with dumping out mineral versus TSI. <laughs> if if all you did was dump out mineral in the month of March, how long before how much time has to progress from when you dump that out to when you can no longer see any impact of that mineral, and your work that day is like vapor, vapor in the wind. Yeah. Gone. Versus taking that weekend that you could have spent that you spent chasing around and doing mineral, versus just running a chainsaw or a hatchet, and a bottle of herbicide, and killing out uh, a mid-story of undesirable species on 10 acres.
0: Right, like, you did
1: that on, f- for, for, for example, Let's
0: just say you, oh, I'm sorry, you finish your thought, then I'll, and I'll jump in. <clears throat>
1: uh, oh, well, and so ultimately, you tsi aside those 10 acres. Now, when you finish that, how long, how much time progresses before that work? Is no longer it can no longer be seen or
0: observed on the landscape. A whole this lot longer. Take
1: years.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well and that's that's the point I was gonna make is <coughs> you know, you and Chad both both completed a a large well, you haven't completed it yet. <coughs> the the crew just moved on to another project, but like you guys are going in doing a logging operation that is resetting people's past poor management decisions with the timber right so like you're trying Mm -hmm. to right wrongs and that made a big impact um and so you're having to go back in and make difficult decisions be aggressive to kind of redirect the forest in my case i went back and backdated to the early well i guess it was early 40s (coughs) and a historical image of my place and there was very few trees i mean dotted throughout this whole 35 acres. There was probably 50 trees on the place. Well, I can go back in now and say, wow, I feel like I can still see some of these trees. There's still some residual stuff, or I'm finding stumps. But then I'm looking at the forest, and I'm like, man, I can totally see this being opened back up and savanna-like setting on this p- specific portion. Like, This would be amazing. What if, What if I do that? What if I commit these... It's a little flat ridge in the back corner of the property, but it's like there's four acres right here. Man, what if I just just roll up my sleeves and and I bring this thing back? Like That work right there is probably going to bring the turkeys that I heard off the ridge at some point to be roosting on that site, loafing on that site, and that's a great thing for game populations, but I know that if I choose to do that over the course of the next year, well, that's going to last years and years and years. If I saw remnants... From a 1940 image, if I can look through the forest and kind of still see some of that, imagine me restoring How much longer is my impact on that forest going to last for the next person? And it's going to be a while. Yeah. But that's the yeah. power of going forward and thinking as a landowner, Man, I, I when I make this decision to do this project for X species, or for X habitat, because that's missing, or or for these plant communities. <clears throat> I'm doing this, and hopefully that process is going to show someone else now and in the future, it's going to educate them about whether it's creation, whether it's about um, natural ecosystems, whether it's about hunting, whether it's about just wildlife. There's so many valuable lessons to be able to learn from it, but the weight of that can impact you and generations of wildlife and of people. I, I mean, I I know you're the same way. You were raised in the outdoors, farming, hunting. Um, there's no doubt. My upbringing, your upbringing, shaped me. So if you have kids, what you're creating now is going to shape them because of the decisions yeah. that you make on the landscape. That's
1: right, and and to me, you know, like you mentioned, our farm has had just really, really poor management for years and years and years. And, I mean, we were there filming Whitetail Properties for some of the new upcoming Land Beat videos um, just yesterday. And I think I've said multiple times, turned around from a food plot, or a, 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 an opening where we're going to plant pollinators and food plots and we plant some trees, but turn around and say, my goodness, there's still a lot of trees in there. Mm-hmm. And and it's just like if we could have we could have sat back and just said you know what I agree we need to we need to save all trees to to preserve the environment. But those trees were incredibly unhealthy, and so if we'd have done that, ultimately, what we would likely have seen is a is a change in the in the in the species density of the forest because. A lot of our red oaks are, are dying from the inside out. Um, there's been various diseases in the Midwest um, that are that are specifically targeting red oak species, and so uh, uh, with a, a pretty heavy black oak population, we're noticing that um, a lot of these red oaks, even though they appear healthy on the outside, they are they're borderline rotten on the inside. Right. And what, what's happening is as they get older, they're just dying, roots and all. And so if we were to just leave them alone, a lot of these trees would just die. But if we're cutting them, even though they're diseased, if we're cutting these trees through timber harvest or TSI, the roots are remaining alive, and they continue to grow back rather quickly, if I might add. And that's something that's encouraging to think about, you know, my daughter, my oldest daughter, she loves picking up oak or, or leaves and asking me, "What kind of what kind of tree is this from, Daddy?" and uh, and and to think about one day if we live on the farm to be able to just continue to show her the forest and be like, "Yeah, the, the red oaks were struggling, but baby girl, when we got here, things changed for the better." And that's what you hope. That's ultimately you're just. I'm encouraged to think about. You know the the possibility that there'll be grandkids on the farm, seeing the work, or seeing the impact of the work that we did in 2022, in 2021, in 2023, and into the future.
0: Yeah, I mean that speaks that speaks volumes to the impact that every single person that's listening. <clears throat> you have that, if you will, in your hands. Like that's that's the impact that you can have and this is a whole nother podcast topic go go ahead
1: think about it like this matt to me the, the 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 idea is like yeah trees there's some people that find trees exciting and and really cool and i'm one of those people but animals tend to get more attention than plants right and so we know what's happening with the wild turkey right now we know what's happened with the bobwhite quail and this is happening with many many other species yeah but the thing to me is with our management now there's things that are outside of our control whether that be disease or whatever but mainly disease is what i'm thinking of in that but wild turkeys are declining across much of the Midwest and the Southeast and South and and uh, there's one thing that I will say right now is my work and our projects that we do on our farm is looking to improve and and research the research back. Like we're not the the stuff we're doing. The researchers are saying this is what we need to do, and here's the research to prove an impact here.
0: Like, okay, and I'll do that. <laughs>
1: I'll do that. Yeah, this isn't somebody's anecdotal research saying yeah you got to do this because i have more turkeys here well there's a lot of different things but we're following the science-based research and saying you know 30 years from now without any outside influence 30 years from now my work is is ensuring that there's going to be turkeys gobbling in the spring on in my in my neck of the woods and 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 i feel very confidently in that i feel and it's and, and if you're doing just food plots and minerals and things for deer or planting straight, let's just say, planting straight monocultures of, 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 of different things. You're taking an entire old field and you're planting it in an apple orchard. Well, that's not going to have a long-term effect and benefit to turkeys. You're planting an entire old field in switchgrass for deer bedding. That's not going to help the turkeys out. That's not attracting insects. What we're doing on our farm I can assure you is is improving the landscape for the turkeys. So when my baby girl is older or my son is older, they're going to get to hear turkeys because of the work I did. So this is basically a call to action for me. For me saying hold the line. Well, and and Look that's the
0: that's one thing I just I can't I can't get past is I, I'm I know the thrill that I get from hearing a turkey gobble, and I and I get a thrill when I hear a bob White quail, but I didn't grow up chasing them. I didn't get that thrill of pursuing them necessarily, but I can, I can assure you that when my wife and I have children, there will be turkeys for them to chase and hear gobble, because I won't give up on that promise of children, but also of letting them pursue and enjoy the things that I know that they're going to enjoy that. I had the opportunity to, like, I, I, I just won't let that happen with all the power, strength that I got in the control of land that you know that that comes and build is built upon. Like, I'm not, I'm not okay with that. I, I won't. Let's say I won't sleep well with that. And that sounds probably like very, uh, know, philosophical. Like, oh wow, he really likes turkeys. Yes, but it's deeper than that. It's more than that. You want to. You want to have that, like, say, lasting impact of like, man, I, I did. I put, kind of put a stake in the ground here of like, I thought beyond my next season of is there going to be a long beard here on this ridge gobbling? And I thought 15 years down the line and I started saying, this is important to me. It's important to other people. They can benefit from this. And generations to come, this is still going to be an opportunity that people can pursue. That's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, yeah I agree. I, I think about like this is where you know turkeys. It's not like they're migratory and they're going to leave your place, but we should all be working together. And I mean, on our farm, like I like the idea that I'm timber with timber. Uh oh.
0: We may be losing <laughs> Adam temporarily. We're gonna hold hold there. on the line. Oh, there you are. You there, Adam?
1: Oh, you lost me. No, oh, you you were
0: you wanting to you were wanting to fade out really hard, and, and I kind of picked it up. So you may need to start kind of from the top there of that uh, uh, conversation.
1: To me, yeah, I mean, I, it's a beautiful thought to think I'm out of my farm and I'm burning and I'm thinning timber and I'm spraying vases. And I'm spraying out fescue where there doesn't need to be fescue. And I'm trying to encourage brood-rearing habitat. And I'm trying to promote nesting cover and fawning cover. And think that just across the fence line, my neighbors are doing the same thing. You know? That's a beautiful thought. Oh, yeah. The problem is when you roll down your property line checking fences and all you see are feeders and trail cameras... You realize maybe all the weight of future generations is on my shoulders here.
0: Well here's that's here's a
1: horrible thought. Yeah. But that that that's something that's scary and that's what many guys are facing. And and, and turkeys and deer are a little different, but imagine something as small as a monarch <clears throat> butterfly. Like you know, rude rearing habitat should have major benefits the monarch butterflies yep. if we're out in an open landscape yep. and i think about one of the times this past summer my oldest daughter saw a monarch fly through our fly through our yard the look on her face is one i'll never forget because you know how matt has seen me on many properties get excited about seeing a monarch butterfly so to see that my daughter got just as excited about that is like, Oh yeah, we're gonna make sure that those things attract monarch butterflies to our landscape and our farm when we live there. And as a migratory species, monarchs need everybody's help.
0: Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. It, it just it all this becomes a, a really weighty conversation, and and one that I hope <clears throat> you know people take seriously when we're talking about the responsibility with land ownership that comes along with it. When you sign that deed, when you have possession of a farm, of a property, yeah, you, you, you want to be that light in sh- the, the neighborhood and and, and shine, um, but we do have to communicate with neighbors and show them our passion. And I feel like, honestly, passion of, let's say, unselfish passion about land management, land ownership, is the route that we're going to get neighbors on board. It's not necessarily the pursuit of a game animal. It's the fact that, hey, this is what really matters to me. Here's why it matters to me. And here's the conversation. Like, I think, Adam, you used the term romantic yesterday. Like, yeah, it kind of is. Like, in all senses of the definition, is like there's this romantic feeling about, like, the opportunity to have land and take pride in it and be that steward. Like, If you share that message with your neighbors and you're doing proper conservation practices of your natural resources, I'm pretty sure they're probably going to jump on board. They may not do it right away, but they'll jump on board at some point. They'll say, you know what, whatever you got going on, whatever you know, man, I got to know that. Like, That's awesome. And that's going to give you an opportunity to – be in our shoes and say, wow, this is this is where that sharing of information, that sharing of knowledge of God's creation is going to give you an avenue to be able to discuss <clears throat> and create a much better, bigger impact um, that can impact more generations that you never even thought possible. It can expand your reach and, and, in and that it
1: impact. Could be, e- even if your neighbor gets on board because of pure competitiveness and trying to ensure that he's got just as many turkeys on his place as you do. Let's just praise the fact that he got on board with true habitat management and not look at the fact that he's just trying to do it to compete with you.
0: Yep. God, 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 will sort all that out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We all, we all know, we all know that, you know, (laughs) to your neighbors, you've been in it very much at all. You, you could probably rank out preferred neighbors to your least favorite neighbors. Yep. Just from the standpoint of are you on the same page and just looking at the land, managing the land, and you go back to producer versus consumer podcast we did a couple of years ago. Yep. If, if, especially if you're the person really doing a lot of work and pumping – pork turkeys on the landscape and then you have that one neighbor who doesn't do anything other than kill them i know they're lower on the list
0: yeah and and i think the other important thing too is um you know <clears throat> as you start on this journey of doing land management appropriately and taking those right steps <clears throat> and doing conservation practices for the landscape and the ecosystem that it should be not what the normal land use might be in your neighborhood, people will look at you and say, You're crazy. The guy I'm going to go and visit in uh, Alabama. He's <clears throat> we've had conversations. He's like, people think I'm crazy. Like, I'm the guy that people drive by and talk about in the coffee shop. They're like, that dude's crazy. Whatever he's doing, it doesn't make sense. Won't work. Like that's that's not right. Well He's also the guy going to the, um, the taxidermist, and they're like, I'm sorry, which county was this killed in? <coughs> no, that, that was this town. Are you serious? There's no way. That came from here? Like, this is not out of state? Like, you killed this here year after year. And it's like, people might look at you a little crazy, but at the end of the day, if you have knowledge and education and are doing the right steps, um, eh, you'll win them on over time. But maybe not right out of the gate, because I think you are a little crazy. But sometimes I, following, suit, I'm not, is not, is following not suit is not the right step. is not made for this world, style. Matt. I know it.
1: That's <coughs> why I think about. I'm not made for this world. You're not made for this world. So I do look crazy in, in the grand scheme of things. Heck yeah. Not only with my management tactics, but it goes all the way down to my core in, in my spiritual belief. I'm not supposed to look like everybody else.
0: That's right. That's right. Uh, that that kind of uh opposite direction you're you're waving as the rest of the people are going by like hey i'm headed this way y'all headed that way like that's how you know yeah. you 're probably on a on a on a good straight narrow path, even in like you said you're a spiritual walk but also in a land management side of things too there's a lot of fluff <clears throat> out there and different land uses out there but um if you're trying to go this route there's not a lot of people doing it and um man it's just it's a it's an amazing journey and and I was gonna say this earlier this is a hundred percent other podcast, but I think it's also very fitting and that that like the natural disturbances that we talk about too <clears throat> when we hear let's let's say God uses them as an illustration in the Bible so many times of like fire and wind and, yeah. and and you hear about it in praise songs and you read about it in scripture but it's like, you know, th- those those very tools and things that he calls upon are some of the most powerful things like when the Holy Spirit comes or whatever, it's it's like described as fire and wind, but like those same tools on the landscape are powerful and they change things and they restore things. And it's like, wow, that's kind of interesting but that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about of like and we'll, we'll go into deeper podcast uh, about that. So hopefully if that was intriguing, we'll, we'll, we'll share more in, in the future. But, like, that's the power and that's the connection that we're talking about. When you de- deploy these strategies and just the, the, the natural disturbances, the wild things can happen. And it's, it's just cool to be a part of. And, and you'll see things that you never saw before. Your lens, your perspective will change. And hopefully it begins to shift in that generational mindset, maybe opposed to season-to-season mindset.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I, like, it just all comes back to being content in the season we're at, but also managing in a in a way that is not so much stressful uh, and not so, like, I got to get this out, or this product out, or do this. But more of a, I'm content in the work I'm doing. But the work that I am doing has major impact. Yep. And and, and and not just immediately, but for future generations. Yep. And and that's where I mean, you just think about the different techniques and replicating God's template, or for the landscape and adding diversity and going. Okay, this is almost a little bit overwhelming when you really think about it like to think about your impact on on a a natural thing a a god design and god created thing like sure i can go and out in my shop and make something some sort of woodworking thing and oh i messed it up who cares turn it into something else and turn it into kindling but on the landscape We don't need to be going out and thinking, oh, well, who cares if I mess it up? This is a pretty big deal.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it it, it is. And we don't say that to make people have the whole um, analysis paralysis issue. We just say this because it's true and we all need to have it in our brains that this perspective, this impact, the decisions you make (coughs) can impact people for a long time a long time and that's a positive thing like that's a positive responsibility it's not a negative responsibility and everybody everybody can be a landowner and a landowner who makes really good decisions on the landscape like this is not just a oh man you guys are kind of scaring me like I need to take a step back no you can do it we're doing it you can do it just educate yourself. Learn more about well, it. <clears throat> and when you learn more about it, if, you're going to be more connected. And that's that's the awesome yeah. thing. If,
1: I I think about it like this. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for joining us. If, if that scares you, go back and listen to old podcasts. But for you guys who have been caught up and have listened to these, you guys have a pretty good idea of what we're talking about. And... and and so, as long as you're doing those techniques, it really doesn't matter where you're choosing to do edge feathering here, there, not there. But ultimately, as long as you're doing it and looking to improve it and use it more, you're 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 doing the right thing. Yep. If you're going into your landscape, your timber, and you're thinning it, <laughs> regardless if you cut an oak tree, uh, let's just hope you're not cutting a giant oak tree, but <laughs> if you're cutting an eight-inch oak tree and you cut one, but you leave a, another one, that, that's fine. That's not huge consequences. <clears throat> Choosing to bulldoze the entire area to plant a food plot, that's the kind of impact of going, ah, I don't know if this is correct, as long as you, but as long as you have a plan in place of saying, you know what, I have acres and acres and acres of trees, and I know wildlife need this opening, so I'm gonna do it. That's That's having deeper thought and understanding of the the why you're doing it, the how you're going to do it, and the importance of why you're doing
0: it. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's there's thought, there's education, there's knowledge, there's intention, and then there's action. And I think you go through those steps, you're going to make really good decisions in the long run, Um, and and you're going to have a really well-rounded property at the end of it. Um, On a lighter note, though, Adam... You ever taken like, you know, different routes through towns or like you're just—I mean, gosh—we drive all the time. It's like <clears throat> I don't know if I've ever really quite been this way. Then all of a sudden you're like, boy, this place looks familiar. You just come out of a town that you stayed in. You're like, oh, I've stayed in that hotel. I ate at that restaurant. As you're driving by the interstate, ever happened to you? You're like, oh, yeah, I've—I've I've definitely been here before. But this is—I just came in from a totally different way. It's funny how you get states away from home. You're like, huh. I know this place. I got a cl- there's a client right over there, <laughs> just south of that highway. Hey man, I didn't know I was coming through this I, way, but
1: I, I did that. I did that this week. I guess last Friday. Yeah. I got down in uh, northern Texas, northeast Texas. Yep. And was like, I feel like I've been
0: here before.
1: Oh, well shoot, tater. four years ago I worked a property right across the river, less than ten miles away.
0: Yep. And and you weren't far from another another couple, in uh, Texas that we've worked as well. So <clears throat> it's funny life. I mean that that is case in point. Life just takes you on some journeys that man you just did not know you're going to be on. But um, man, it's a wild ride as as you go along. But um, Adam, do you have any, anything else to add or kind of finish wrap up on on this one? No, I,
1: and, I, and I, you know when it comes to this 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 topic. Uh, we feel very passionate about it. If you haven't caught on to this whole podcast, like we can rant on this just as much as we can on the importance of removing invasive species.
0: Yeah. And
1: and the reason for it, like fellas, we from from and, and gals, we work with landowners weekly and <clears> one of the most impactful texts or phone calls we get is from a guy who just started adapting this management and this mindset, and he catches on fire for it.
0: Yes, And he's
1: going, oh, my gosh, the stuff that's changing and I'm seeing on my own farm is incredible. I think I want to go buy more land.
0: Yeah.
1: He's the kind of landowner I want buying more land. huh. And, and, and I think about, like, just today I had a text message from a landowner who hadn't ever burned his property. And he had completely, when he bought the property, it was completely overran with of Red Cedar. And they started thinning it and thinning it and thinning more of it. And now he's burning it. And and this site was most likely historically uh, uh, a, a Savannah, a post black blackjack Savannah. And it's like he's, cu- he's bringing it back.
0: Bringing her back.
1: And how many people are actually Classic. doing that? Private landowner. Yeah. It happens on some government land, but it's not happening on private land to the degree that it needs to be. Right. And so when a landowner starts doing it, I mean, Borough Bluff was getting restored.
0: Yeah. Uh, you
1: can think of all that the, the farm in southern Iowa that we worked at. Dozens. That started and... getting the prairie bought back.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: The woodlands in Pennsylvania that I work, like I could think of so many properties, but it's like those are islands. We need we need more people doing this because we need more islands and eventually larger land masses of restored habitat. And that's when we can see the declines of these species stop and, and maybe even the population start coming back. But I could and that's just something I'm I'm so encouraged. <laughs> because there seems to be more and more people not only listening to this podcast, which is great for us, but even if nobody listened to this podcast and we were seeing people doing the right work, I'd be happy. The point of this podcast was to help people learn that there's more to land management than feeders, food plots, and, and trail cameras.
0: And and, and hunting. Like, and that's, hunting. The, <clears throat> that's the, it's it's the, I mean, if you will, it's the ancillary benefit. Like, there is so much more to the land ownership game that <clears throat> brings value, brings honor, brings uh, substance to life, that builds relationships, and uh, that that's what's really neat about it. And I feel like if we take that perspective in, we really begin to make those solid decisions of what happens on the landscape, what happens, and it almost like realigns some priorities so then, so then, as your priorities change, your management styles, your management techniques, begin to take, in account to those priorities. He said, you know, if we're increasing <coughs> quality land masses um, and, and stopping, a decline of some of these species, <coughs> then those all those species will 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 be helped. Well, I looked at it from a, a, a Humanity side of things It's like Well If We go down that route Well look how many more people Are refreshed Look how many more people Are drawn close to creation Look how many more people Are maybe themselves Restored In in a nature In that nature Of the work that they're doing By being out on the land And being close to God's creation Like How much of an impact Is that going to help on Society And people And the relationships That you may have Like It is It is it is important. It is that weighty, but um, man, I, I, again, like I said, we're passionate. We could talk about this a long, long time, but I hope it maybe just slows some people down to consider that um, as as the opportunity that they have in front of them um, going forward into the future. <clears throat> I'm not suggesting that you have to realign your goals. Just saying, give it some thought where where where's your mind at is it the season to season is it five years ten years down the road do you care about the next landowner who has that piece who takes possession of it um it just is an awesome opportunity that we all have to be great stewards of the land yeah no doubt as
1: i'm driving along I left the house, and I was wearing a T-shirt, it was like a little chilly, but really nice and sunny. Now I look at my uh, my uh, temperature gauge in my truck, and it's already 46, and I'm still two hours away from where I'm going. I'm like,
0: oh, you're, you're headed on the wrong direction, sir. It is 60 yep. degrees where I'm at. <laughs> but yep. um, appreciate everyone listening. Let us know uh, what you think on this podcast. Leave a comment. I know one thing: iTunes.
1: it's turkey season in, in many places, so I'm I'm hopeful that uh, that that people are getting out and enjoying the, the spring rituals of wild turkeys and all kinds of birds coming back to life. Yeah, and uh, I know it's oh man, what a beautiful time to be outside uh, in God's creation, and and hopefully those people are are. Uh, are thinking bigger picture when they're out there. I know I, I, I try to encourage and push myself to do it while I'm out there. So hopefully our listeners are as well.
0: Absolutely. And there's some there's some more <clears throat> YouTube videos from past turkey hunts going live on on the YouTube page. More lamb beat videos um, that are being posted weekly, guys. So we appreciate everyone following along and commenting on that. Hopefully you've been learning through that channel um, and that content as well. We are pushing grinding, covering some ground, and we appreciate everyone listening, sharing this podcast, and just being a part of this journey with us. And, um, guys, thanks for listening. We'll catch you here next week. Yeah. Yeah.